we're fortunate to be one of them, that you can come into an environment and get changed by the culture. Does that make sense? It's like sometimes it's not just a moment, it's actually moments that start to change you, that actually start to release a, an anointing of God that all those many moments talked about, and you start walking in it by coming into a larger community, a larger culture. Um, and, and I just love that about you guys. I love that what Vince mentioned. He's like, I think all of you have prophesied over me. I mean, that's just, that's, that's, that's amazing to have a community of people that are, are leaning in and hearing God's voice. And so um, what I want to do is, uh, let's do this. What Vince mentioned, I, I felt was really powerful, which is this. What, what is a calling on your life that maybe you've heard and maybe it's a really big call, it's, a, it's like a big deal to you? For, for, for Vince and Stephanie, that was, you know, ministering to Native Americans, releasing revival in that culture. And so maybe it's not something like that. Maybe it's not a geographical move. Maybe just the passion of your heart. But what's one thing that you can think of that God has spoken to you that you haven't seen fully manifested yet? Does that make sense? So something maybe you're in process of, a promise that was released over you, something you almost feel embarrassed to say because you're like, I, I don't know if that's, you know, it's just too big. Does that make sense? Those things that you may have heard God say or whisper in your heart or just put, drop in your spirit, what's one thing that that would be? And go ahead and just share it with someone around you. So turn to your neighbor, a friend, someone, you know, introduce yourself. And just what's one, what's one cool thing that you feel like, man, this is on my life, but I haven't seen it yet. Just go ahead and just kind of share what that one thing might be. Give a chance for another person to share if you haven't yet. Now, now just staying with that person, I want you to share what is one thing, what is one micro step you could do to begin to step towards that? So just take a moment, what's one micro step you can do? Some of you are like, just by saying it is my micro step. That's fine. But what's one micro step?
All right, try to wrap things up. If you haven't switched, you are the talkative one. Please switch. All right, so let me ask a question. When you were just sharing that, like when you were sharing what that one thing was for you, how many of you began to feel that excitement of the voice of the Lord again over that? Like you began to actually, in a small way maybe, just begin to come alive to what that promise is, the one that feels like it's far away. You know, it, it, it's amazing what happens when you actually speak out the things that you're hiding inside, right? When you actually speak those things out or when you just talk to someone about it, what happens is this, is that we as, as followers of Jesus or just made in his image, we're created to, to live off of the voice of God. That, that sometimes, and I think we do this accidentally, I hope, is that we tend to think that God's voice is like just good vitamins, right? Just like a really good benefit of knowing Jesus instead of what, how Jesus described it as daily bread, as actually like our sustenance. Like we're created, we've been created by God to thrive and to rely and to be so utterly dependent on his voice that even when we hear it from a distance and time passes and then just repeat it and whisper out something that we thought he said, it actually begins to bring us life. You know, that's, that's one of the reasons we love the prophetic. We love hearing God speak. Because how many of you, like, God will say your name, and you're totally wrecked for, like, six months. It wasn't even new information, right? I mean, God will just say your name. He'll speak something into, into your circumstance situation that's not new information. But what happens is this, is that, is that when he speaks, we become alive. It doesn't matter what he says. And it says in Hebrews that when we hear his voice, don't harden our hearts, meaning if we're open to whatever he wants to say, we're going to come alive every time he speaks. You know, Charles Spurgeon, a revivalist, uh, said this. He said, half our fears arrive from neglect of the Bible. Just let that dagger sink really deeply, twist it a little bit says half of our fears arise from neglect of the Bible. And, and, and what, I, what I want to talk about today and, and briefly is, you know, I want to, seeking the kingdom of God looks like seeking his voice, right? But sometimes we compartmentalize like the Bible and his voice, right? What if the Bible was his voice in writing? I mean, what if we just simplify just, just a little bit and, and stick with me for a second. I know there's two different things between, the, you know, the, 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 the active current voice of the Lord and the one that he's released through the Bible. But I want you to imagine this. What if reading scripture was actually, you know, we want to partner with the Holy Spirit when we read the Bible. Otherwise, it's a book. It can be a dry book. You can create a pharisaical heart by reading the Bible apart from him. Does that make sense? You can become really religious really fast. Anyone come from that lifestyle? Thank you, Jesus, for delivering us from that lifestyle, Jesus. But, you know, the Bible in itself doesn't do much, but the Bible with Holy Spirit changes everything. He, just like hearing his voice when you're driving down the street. I had a friend of mine who heard the voice of the Lord for the first time, and he was literally driving. Uh, he was driving, actually, 
it's a long story, but um, his name is James, and James was into drugs and into every broken lifestyle you can think of, uh, was on heroin and just in a really, really bad place in life. He ran a really, really um, uh, painful race for the first, you know, 25, 26 years of his life. And uh, he felt like he was supposed to get baptized and didn't know why. And, and he starts talking to me about that. Have I told you guys some of this story before? And he, he, was, he was starting to talk to me about that. And uh, I said, I think that's great, man. And he's like, why do I want to be baptized? I'm like, I don't know. Why do you want to be baptized, you know? And, and, and he started to engage with the fact that God's presence was beginning to find, uh, was beginning to knock on the door of his heart. Does that make sense? Now, Jesus was doing that for a long time. He just started to listen. It wasn't that God just shows up and, you know, you're not predestined to be saved at 38, so, like, your first 37 years are up to you. Like, you know, Jesus actually is pursuing and chasing all the time. I mean, he even says, when the disciples ask Jesus about it, he says, I must do the work of my father, and my father is always working. My father is always doing stuff. So fast forward to my friend James. And so James, he gets baptized uh, out of nowhere, and I prayed for James for years. I mean, like, years and, and, like, I shared the gospel with him, and I, and I got, you know, and he was just like, it was just like you were talking to, like, a stone wall, you know? How many of you have been there before? How many of you have been that stone wall? Yeah. So you have to have grace for people that, that aren't connecting to God knocks yet, okay? They don't recognize it's him knocking. And so, so I'm, like, sharing, and I'm praying, and I'm doing it for years, probably the better part of, like, 11 years. I was really praying for him. And, uh, and, and then he calls me. He's like, yeah, I, I just got baptized. I'm like, that's amazing news, buddy. Tell me more about that. And he starts telling me about some of his journey and about how God was starting to make himself known to him, you know, kind of out of left field, kind of when he wasn't expecting it. And he is driving after he gets water baptized at, I don't even know what church, somewhere in central Ohio. There's only one church of Jesus. So you just celebrate when people are encountering God. And, and so he gets baptized. He's driving. And all of a sudden, he hears the Lord say his voice while he's driving, like driving home from this thing. Like they were going to go have lunch together with like him and his friends and family to kind of celebrate a little bit. And none of them are Christians. It's amazing. I mean, it's amazing. I'm like, you guys are so cool. Like, you know, like, yeah, we got bad. Anyway, so he's driving. He calls me bawling on the phone, just crying. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? Like, are you okay? Like, you know, he was recently married, and I'm like, Are, is your wife, like, what's going on? Is everything okay? And he's like, I've never been better, you know? And he's like, he's crying on the phone with me. And I'm like, tell me what's going on. And he goes, he goes, I, he goes, I was driving, and all of a sudden, I felt really, like, convicted about everything I've done in my life. And I was like, okay, cool, like, tell me more. And he goes, but I really feel like, like God is with me in the car, and he said my name, and it feels like everything's being erased right now. And I'm like, I'm like, come on, Jesus. And, he, and, and he's, like, he's, like, he's like, I mean, he's crying so hard. Like, he's doing the, the ugly cry thing that he had to pull over. And he's like, he's like, it's so messed up, man. He's like, I don't even know where I'm going. I was supposed to follow them to some restaurant. I don't know where they're going. He's like, but I got to just sit here with God right now because I've never experienced him like this before. You know, even someone that doesn't know all this stuff about God's voice, about the Bible, can recognize when God is speaking. And it says in John 10 that, that my sheep hear my voice. That, that, that there's not an issue with you being able to hear. It's just an issue with sensitizing our hearts to his voice. Your ability to hear has already been established. 
that the highways of heaven and the voice of the Lord is over your life. And we need sometimes to declutter, sometimes we need to prioritize, but most importantly, we need to seek so that we stay sensitive. Seeking the, first the kingdom, Matthew 6.33, positions us to, to remain and to grow a sensitivity to his voice. Does that make sense? So even if we're not seeking to hear, we're just seeking to know. It's out of that place that we actually create a sensitivity to catch that wind of his voice, to hear the knock of heaven. You know, and, and, and so the, the Bible, what if the Bible, when, we, when we're partnering with Jesus, we're saying we're opening up our Bible, we're, you're opening up the app, let's be real. And, you know, what if in that moment, you know, your heart is to seek him. So you're already partnering with the Holy Spirit. If your heart is for information, you're not going to partner with heaven. Most people probably in the room, like, get that. But what if it was actually, when you're reading it, you know those, those, those moments, those times that something pops out and, like, jumps at you? And here's what that looks like. Some of you are like, no, it's never happened. Let me, let me break it down in a way that's maybe more accessible. Is when you read, when you're reading Scripture and you read, let's say, let's say five or six verses, and then you read five or six more, but you're thinking about the one you read a, mo a moment ago. That was God speaking to you. Right? And there's other times that, like, you know, it's like, it's like we, are, we, we, we live in such an instant now information technology age that, like, sometimes our Bible reading looks like this. It's like, oh, Jesus, I just need to hear you today. I just need to hear you today, Jesus. Oh, Lord, I know you're good. I know you can guide my finger. I know you're going to guide me right now to what you want to say. You alone are the Lord, and you made the heavens. You're like, oh, yes, you're so good, God. See, the problem is God will actually do that sometimes, and you think you found, like, the new way to hear his voice. That we live in such an instant thing that we, sometimes we don't let that voice of the Lord marinate a little bit, bake a little bit, stew a little bit. What if, what if this? What if when we partner with Holy Spirit and we're reading Scripture, he's actually reading it to us. What if that is actually what's going on? Because it actually says that who's inside of you, Christ in you, is living and moving and having his way. So when, 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 we, when we are exposed to the voice of the Lord, it's up to us to be sensitive to recognize it. Does that make sense? To discern it. Bob Hazlett was here uh, a couple weeks, or not here, at, over at uh, Pickerington for uh, that conference. What was it called, the conference that we did with Georgie and Winnie? What was it called? The Sound of Heaven? Oh, no. That's the Sound of Glory this weekend. The Culture of Heaven. and The Culture of Heaven. And so we did that in May, and it was amazing. It was super awesome. And uh, I got to uh, hang out with Bob a lot. Uh, I was his driver. So I picked him up from the airport, and we had some really fun conversations and spent, spent a, you know, a day or two together. And uh, one of the things I was asking him, I was asking him just about like discerning spirits, you know, because how do you grow in discerning spirit? How do I grow in just discerning uh, what is the voice of the Lord in my life? Because how many of you found that like not everything is the voice of the Lord that you're thinking, but it's probably more that you think? You're like, I hate that. I'm like, I know, so do I. And so I was asking, like, hey, how do you recognize the voice of the Lord? And, and, and we actually started talking about how it says in, uh, in 1 Corinthians about the gifts of the Spirit. Are you guys with me? Yeah. 
distract me for a moment longer. It, it talks about the gifts of the Spirit in uh, 1 Corinthians. And did you know that there are nine gifts of the Spirit listed in 1 Corinthians? And did you know that that book is written to a, a, a geographical region of Rome? If you didn't, it's okay. But, like, but it's written to the geographical region of Rome. And did you know what Roman worship was like? Not Christian Roman worship, but what Roman worship was like was there are many gods, right? There's Zeus, there's this, there's that, there's many gods. And so one of the reasons that Paul lists out nine gifts of the Spirit and do and you remember, I know we're not bringing it up right now, just track with me. He says that they're all one spirit. Remember that? There are many gifts but one spirit. Because at the time, the cultural context of, of spiritual gifts, they were moving in all this stuff, but they were thinking that it is the God of wisdom and the God of healing. And then this God of exhortation and this God of mercy. And, this, and he said, no, no, no. Listen, in their culture, they thought that, it, that when they were moving gifts of the Spirit because they were so new, such baby Christians, that they actually just assumed that it was multiple gods. And there were nine major gods at that time that, they, that the, the region worshipped. So Paul lists out nine gifts and saying, listen, they're all one Spirit. Does that make sense? So some cultural context, one of them is discerning spirits. And so, so we were talking, uh, with, I was talking with Bob about it, and he said, you know, He's like, he's like, I've researched it, and I've talked with some scholars, and uh, a translation of, uh, of discerning spirits is discerning the breath on that person. The breath on that person. Discerning the breath of God on a person. I said, Bob, I don't even understand that. That blows my mind. Help me to unpack that more. And it looks like this. It looks like, it looks like, when we, when, we, when we want to grow in hearing God's voice, we want to be so familiar with his presence that we recognize his breath in a moment. Does that make sense? That we recognize that res, the residual, uh, powerful presence of the Lord on something we see as he's speaking to me, on something we, we walk into. We recognize the breath on myself, on my life, on somebody else's life. We begin to pull from that. We begin to, to, to recognize what God is doing through his presence on someone or in a situation or in the Bible or something I read and about recognizing God's breath on things. Are you guys with me? This is what the Bible says. Hebrews 4, we'll make it legal. You guys can turn there if you want. Hebrews 4, uh, verse 12 and 13 it says, the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Now, that's the NIV version, something we're pretty familiar with. I gave two messages in the spring about taking thoughts captive and about our words. And I love, we, we, we talked about this a good bit, but I love the message version for this passage. This is what the message version says. It says, God means what he says. What he says goes. His powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. Nothing and no one is impervious to God's word. We can't get away from it no matter what. How many of you found that to be the case? How many of you have gotten a word from the Lord that you maybe not ran away from but didn't fully embrace? And God didn't change the subject yet. That when he speaks something, he won't change the subject until he fully gets our attention. 
that there's this invitation with hearing his voice, with hearing his word, that opens up new possibilities. You know, I just, this is real, I just read this, uh, that there, is, there, was, there were, I think, three, okay, there were three vehicles where they were following their GPS. This is like in the last week. They were following GPS, this is a news story, and the GPS guidance system was leading them to like a muddy pit and they all drove into it. Like, like, like there's like, no, we should go there. And obviously that would be a bad idea, but they, they still went there because that's what the GPS said to do. Yeah. And they were getting their, all their cars towed out of this muddy pit because they, they just, does this make sense? How many of you in this situation where like you're, who, are, who here is GPS dependent? I'm just curious. Like you are like GPS dependent. Okay. And how many of you, let's say you put in your, coordinate, your coordinates, like your destination, and your, you know, your car is telling you where to go or your phone or whatever, and you start, and within about two or three blocks, two or three minutes, uh, it starts to like load and it, the map goes away. You know what I'm talking about? And stress, just, just the spirit of stress enters the car. You know, and, 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 and it's like, it's like it, it went from level none to level 10 just like that. And you start freaking out. Am I speaking to anyone in the room a little bit? And, all, and, you know, and, and, and you're driving, you're driving, and, and you're like, okay, I think it's this way. Or you just pull over because you're just like, you know, you're just helpless without, without the GPS. And, and, and you pull over. And then what happens, it loads again. And then all is right with the world. Your map becomes clear. You guys remember back in the day when GPS was not around? And you had all the maps in your glove box? You know what I'm talking about? And like, and, like, and like a four by seven foot map turns into like four by five. You know what I'm talking about? A lot of people don't know that anymore, but that was a thing for like a long time. You know, people used to like know street names. People used to know how far things were. People could used to tell you how to go somewhere. Do you know that? Like you have to, people used to tell you directions. Can you imagine that now? A lot of us don't even have the patience for like a two-minute directions, let alone writing it down. Why am I saying all this? You know, I think sometimes we treat the word, the written word, and the voice of God like GPS sometimes. It's like we don't even try to know. We just, we just want to, we know it's ready on demand. But what if we actually carry the voice of the Lord over, that's over our lives? We're responsive to the, the rhema word, that momentary word, that, that, that now word. You know, you wouldn't have to go through fits of fear, of anxiety, because we know what he's saying. We know that his voice is active. We know we're holding on to promises. That's like that GPS that it goes away for a moment. Guess what? You don't have to freak out. It's in those moments when you feel like uh, the word, the voice of the Lord, the promise, the calling that God has given me says go that way, and right now there's no way to go that way. How many of you found that there will be obstacles to the voice of the Lord being made manifest? And it's in those moments we either hold on or we start freaking out. We start looking for something to remedy because we're, we're, now we're all worried and upset and, and, and stressed out. And it's not working. So, like, I don't know if I should still believe that. So, 
you know, let me just try to find something that makes me happy. And we start to let go of what he actually said. Am I connecting anyone in the room? We actually begin to let go of what he said. And then what happens is he doesn't change the subject. So we, if we begin to let go of something that he said, he'll bring it up another way. And so that we, what, reorient ourselves to what he said. Or we just stay focused on his face. We stay focused on what he said. We, we, we celebrate the promise even while it's in process and don't have to go through the minefield of stress and anxiety and actually believe and actually trust as though he is, him who said it is faithful. Does that make sense? The people that I know who walk in the most promises of God, meaning promises of God over their life manifest more than most people I know, are those that live, breathe, eat, and sleep his presence. Live, breathe, and eat, and sleep the promises. Live, breathe, and eat, and sleep this dependent, intimate lifestyle where they keep their hearts sensitive to course corrections from the Lord. It's impossible to do that without seeking the voice, without seeking the word, without letting this speak to us. I heard it said that, you know, if, if you want to hear God speak to you, you know, some, you can't, how many of you found you can't cram God's voice? All you crammers in high school and college, you can't cram God's voice. It won't work. He does not play that way. That you can't be in it absent from just seeking to know him and then all of a sudden want to hear everything he has to say. That you know what he's going to do? Instead of speaking to the thing that you probably wanted to talk to you about, he's going to speak to you just about you and him and see if you'll respond. Because it's out of this place of intimacy that we, we are positioned to actually hear his voice. And I heard it said this, is that if you want to hear God's voice with your Bible closed, it's like expecting to get a text message with your phone turned off. It doesn't mean that's the only way you hear him, but man... This here positions us to hear the rhema, to hear the now, to hear the moment word of the Lord. Because if we're not engaged with what he is saying, what he is reading to us, it's going to be really hard to, dis- to recognize the breath when he just breathes in a moment, when he breathes in a room. Does that make sense? One of the great byproducts, I'm closing this, one of the, the great byproducts of staying in God's voice, of hearing God's voice, of just reciting old stuff, one of the greatest ways to like prime the pump and to reactivate or engage with the voice of God, now let me just say this, it's not the voice of heaven, it's the voice of God, it's the voice of Jesus, it's not some ambassador of a heavenly realm, it's actually your father, it's your personal savior. It's the one who loves you fully, even when you don't love yourself, even in places you don't love yourself. Aren't you glad Jesus loves you? And one of the great byproducts of hearing God's voice, and I can't explain it, it's a mystery, is you have peace. Isn't that the craziest thing in the world? It's like your circumstances can be chaos, and, you, you, and all of a sudden God just speaks, and you have total peace even though the circumstances didn't change yet. That it says in Philippians to, to, that, that 
The peace of God will surpass all understanding. It says through prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, through conversation. Let me, let me reorient that. Through intimacy, we get peace that doesn't make sense. Aren't you glad for peace that doesn't make sense? So I, I want to read just, just something I, I put down, a few things about carrying peace. Peace doesn't partner with panic. That the voice of the Lord releases peace, not panic. From a distance, that peace that's, that's released over your life from the voice of the Lord can appear passive, but peace carries passion, not passivity. Peace releases power. If you need change and breakthrough in your life, you need to come to the Prince of Peace. You don't need to come to the, I got to get all my spiritual like gusto for today and shaka bam the door down. Like, no, no, no. We actually go to the person of peace to do our bidding. And we partner with him. Does this make sense, guys? It's rooted in mastering. It's not rooted in mastering the ability of calming your flesh. But peace points to solutions for impossible situations. If you are facing something that looks like there's an obstacle, I have really good news for you. All Jesus has is ways through that. That's all he has is ways through it. That he, 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 peace will actually point you to something that's impossible. And God will say yes and amen. Peace is that byproduct of being daily relationally overwhelmed by Jesus, the Prince of Peace. It doesn't eliminate challenging circumstances, but arises from a passion. From a passionate life filled with his voice. And it provides the navigation for everything to work out for good in your life. I love what Steve Backlund says from Bethel Church. Is he says, you know, if, you're, if there's something in your life that isn't glistening with hope, you're believing a lie. That God will work everything out when we're in line with who he is and what he's saying. You know, there, there are people in this room, how many of you dream in the night? Like you, have, you actually have dreams. Like not you're like you're a dreamer with lots of goals. You're, you actually dream in the night. Some of you are like, I'm both. Deal with it. <laughs> you know, dreaming in the night, how many of you found this is just true, and, and, and I can't, I wish I could unpack it further today. We just wouldn't have time. But is that you will have dreams in a season that the dream doesn't fit. Like a season of your life God will speak to you in a dream that has nothing to do with your season. Does this make sense? That, that, that God is outside of time. And I just believe that, that the Lord wants to, wants to stir up those dreams in the night. That, that he truly does. Uh, that, that, that if we sensitize our hearts, we're going to find ourselves dreaming more. And it's not that we actually dream more in volume. We actually catch the dreams and don't wake up and dismiss it. Does that make sense? And with, with God gave John, uh, Jesus, I'm sorry, God gave Joseph and Mary dreams when Jesus was a little boy saying, okay, go here. Herod's going to kill, Herod wants to kill Jesus, so I want you to wake up, and I want you to go to Egypt. That here's a situation where they were being persecuted, where their, their life was, was, their life was being pursued 
in a way that wasn't passive. I'll just say that. Just put yourself in this circumstance for a moment, that someone is coming after you, and you have a dream in that moment, and God sends you to another place. That what? God gives you the way to move forward without necessarily changing the circumstance. Does this make sense? What I'm saying is this, is that you'll have dreams now that will have strategies for next season if we listen to it, if we pay attention to it, if we just recognize that breath and the voice of the Lord over our lives. And so if you're a dreamer, just stand up right now. If you, when I asked that, if that was you and you, you raised your hand, I want you to just stand up right now. I really feel like, like there is a prophetic utterance that it's going to be, you're going to get dreams for yourself, but also dreams for other people, dreams for different circumstances, dreams for solutions to problems, and that you need to recognize over yourself that you are a dreamer, like God has put you here so that he can give you dreams. It's one of the reasons that you're here. Some of you are like, no, it just sounds like they're just fun. No, it's actually primary to your calling and hearing God's voice. So I want you to close your eyes right now. And I want you to just, yeah, just right now, just breathe out everything that you've been carrying. Just breathe it out right now. And I want you to imagine yourself just breathing in those dreams from heaven in seed form, just breathing in what he wants to be releasing over your life or other people's lives, the way that he wants to speak to you, that in the night hours you'll actually be sensitized to his presence, that there won't be those times where you wake up so, so confounded by the dream that you're going to have more times of immediate interpretation, of immediate interpretation of the dream. So, Father, I thank you right now for releasing solutions and strategies in the night hours. God, for, for yeah, I just see, too, there's just, a, there's just a, an intimacy with God that you're going to have in dreams, too. It's like just between you and him. There's going to be intimacy with God. Some of you are going to be taken to heaven. Some of you are going to walk around the different places of heaven with Jesus and so, Lord, I just thank you for encounters in the night, God, for encounters in the night, Lord, that change everything. God, I thank you, Lord, for speaking. Yeah, just it's almost like I see the Lord just uncapping like an ancient well. And so, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for just uncapping that ancient well of your voice in the night in that intimate place of presence with you, God. Lord, I thank you that the way Paul didn't know if he was in the body or out of the body, but he was called up to the third heaven. I thank you, Lord, right now for calling people up into that third heaven atmosphere in the night, God. I thank you, Lord, for just a fresh sensitivity to your voice, Lord, for such a fresh hunger, God, to know you, Lord. We just thank you, Jesus, for stirring that up right now. I thank you, Lord, for, for everything in the past being cut off, yeah, I feel like dreamers, the reason, one of the reasons we're doing this right now with God is because you dreamers, you've been attacked, and, and it's time to cut things off. It's just time for it to be cut off. So I just break off some of that stuff from the past, and I break off that disappointment. I break off confusion in Jesus' name. I break off the way that, that, that your gifting has caused confusion because the enemy just started to try to manipulate and get in there. And I just break off that right now in Jesus' name. The past is, the, is gone. The past is the past. It says it's covered in the blood of Jesus. So I just release permission over you to dream fresh. 
I release permission over you to catch the dreams of heaven over your life, that God is going to be speaking to you in such powerful ways that you will wake up and have to be late to work because you're journaling. You're, you're going to wake up and actually be overcome that you're going to have to try to talk to someone. So God, I pray that you would give them friends that are full of grace to listen to these dreamers who don't even make sense, God, but you're going to bring sense and order to every way that you speak to them, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, for that heavenly crown right now called dreams. God is our inheritance. I thank you, Jesus, for a fresh day of that prophetic stirring, God. I just thank you right now, Jesus, for calling people up, for calling people into you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see some of you, I see some of you dreaming so much, so uh, intently, like with so much uh, specifics in your dreams that you're going to wake up. And I, and I just released the, the different kinds of dreams to you, the ones that are clear and prophetic and the ones that you don't understand that you'll steward, the ones that are full of intimacy and the ones that are full of mystery. And I see you dreaming so much that some of you are going to try to start like a dream ministry. I don't even know what that means, but some of you are going to try to start that and really help people and engage with the voice of your Father in a biblical way with the Spirit through dreams. So I thank you, Lord, right now. We just thank you, Lord. Let's, everyone in the room, let's just lift our hands right now and just thank the Lord right now that his voice does not come back to him without bearing what it is that he intended for it to do. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the voice of heaven over our lives, over our hearts today, God, that, Lord, everything that you set out to do, your word accomplishes. It does not come back to you void. So, Father, we just partner right now and say, God, that let everything be established, Lord, that you're speaking and that you've spoken over our lives. God, let it all be established, Lord. We thank you that it will not come back to you void, God. It will not come back to you void, Jesus. So, Lord, thank you for just stirring up, Lord, yeah, just that, the, the, the wells, God, the ground and the waters, Lord, of those dreams of your voice, of the calling of heaven over our lives, God. I thank you, Lord, that there are, there are, kingdom, there are kingdom shakers in this room, both shaking the kingdom of man and the kingdom of heaven. Just put your hand on your neighbor right now. Just make a declaration over them that you are a world changer. Some of us kind of forgot some of that stuff. You are a world changer. You're actually called greater than you think you are that there's an anointing on your life that's not a minor anointing, it's not a, a residue of heaven, it's actually the anointing from the Holy One. So we just say today is your day of breakthrough and encouragement. We thank you, Lord, that there are world changers in the room, and we just speak to everyone here right now, and we say, rise, rise, rise to the voice of the Lord. We say, rise to the voice of the Lord. We say, rise to the calling of your Father. We say, rise to that place of intimacy and inheritance. We say, rise above the attacks of the enemy. We say rise above the disappointments. We say rise above yesterday and move into today, move into tomorrow. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for what you're releasing right now, Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Now put your hand on your heart, the person who needs it the most. Jesus, I need you so much. Just tell him you just need him so much. God, we just need you so much, Lord. We thank you, God, that you're always with us. God, we thank you that today is the day, Lord, that you've made. God, today is our day to connect with you in deeper ways, Lord. And God, we just thank you that we got, we're blessed to be a blessing. We are so blessed, God, to be a blessing to other people, that, 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 that he who waters other will, will himself be refreshed. So we just thank you, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, Father, to partner with you, to partner with heaven, Lord. And we thank you, God, for speaking today. We thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And everyone said amen. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for having me today, guys. Uh, if I could have our...